this is the messy back end, where experts share customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on behind the beautifully branded front end of entrepreneurship. This is where most businesses fail. So we're here to help you save time, make money, and succeed. And now your hosts of The Messy Back End, Sheila J. Davis and Nate Tucker. Welcome, thank you. Thank you all so much. We have a wonderful show for you today. Uh, we are gonna be talking about those disappearing messy back ends that throw your business in a loop. Thanks, Nate. And later today, we're gonna be talking with the amazing Miss Lori Cartman about getting unstuck and overcoming those distractions that just keep us from getting anything done. On our expert panel today, we have Mike Koala, an expert entrepreneur, author, and co-founder of Dinner Table MBA. Roger Copenhaver, sales coach, trainer, consultant, and founder of Connect Utah. And Trish Thomason, founder of Social Butterfly, putting the buzz into social media pages. If you are an entrepreneur with a messy backend and you would like to be a guest or submit a question, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. Are you ready to put your business on autopilot and actually live your life? We simply offer the best strategies and solutions anywhere online at Lock and Load Marketing development, design, and marketing solutions to keep your business on target. Come conquer life's challenges with laughter with our very own Nate Tucker, founder of laughingwithnate.com. Funny guy, photographer, digital marketer, entrepreneur, philanthropist, animal lover, and most importantly, pizza connoisseur. Visit laughingwithnate.com. Okay, guys, before the show, our panelists are given a detailed description of what your biggest messes are, and then they will share each of their best ideas, strategies, and tools for you to succeed and clean up that mess. So then you get to choose which panelists and which advice you want to take, and then let us know back in 30 days what you would love to hear about and how it affected, or excuse me, what you did and how it affected your business. Because as Socrates said, Human excellence is a state of mind. And today's topic is the silent mess. What do you do when someone you have put your trust in for your business disappears? And it looks like Mike is like, I am ready to talk about this. I'm ready for this one. And um, I know you'd love to have folks here live because I'd love to have asked whomever this is, you know, what kind of business they have, because I've had online, offline, I've had local, national, international businesses. So uh, it really depends. So let me handle this it. particular. Yeah. Just so you know, this particular client um, person that, that posted this question was had an online business and they hired a web designer and the site was just about ready to go live developer completely disappeared and he has no access to a site that you paid for is almost done. Yeah. So that's hard. I've had that happen. Um, you know, I've worked with India a lot, Pakistan. Um, you know, first off, always make sure if it's from an online standpoint that you have the source code and that they're working in something that everybody can work in. Um, number one, number two, always have somebody to back up. So if you're working with somebody in India, it's still going to be one tenth cheaper than working here in the U S so hire somebody hire two 
just assume that cost of somebody to be checking their work, duplicating it so it doesn't impact your business like that. And especially when you launch your business, what you don't want is somebody that could actually pull the carpet uh, from under your feet and that business now is on hold. Or what happens when something happens? There's oh, moments that happen in business, right? So always, you just have to plan for that because it will happen. It's unfortunate. Um, but it also comes down to your style of managing, I think. So, yeah, I know uh, before we hit record and start talking here, um, we're talking about different, you know, generations, right? So, um, you know, when I manage a millennial, I'm going to manage a millennial much different than I'm going to manage somebody who's, you know, my age or older uh, than me because, you know, it, it's, it, everybody wants something different, right? So millennials, believe it or not, really don't care as much about the money, right? They want to be heard. They want to make a difference. So you have to manage the right way too. So let's put that aside that you're managing. If it's a local business and it's from an employee standpoint, Again, same situation. I've had, you know, cleaners who just disappear and, you know, we're cleaning whatever. One day we had 100 homes and I needed 50 employees. Well, guess what? Only 35 showed up that day. So, you know what you have to do? You got to be planning for that always in advance. You know, that's the worst thing as an owner is if you are not planning for those OSHIT moments in your business. You have to. So, you know, that day, we already knew what we were going to do. God forbid somebody didn't show up. We're going to, you know, say that X house is going on this person, on this team, on this team, on this team, and it put all more, more work in everybody. But you know what? When that happened, right away, we were out to Dunkin' Donuts, and we had boxes of Joe in the office and donuts, and, you know, we bought everybody lunch. And then at the end of the day, when they were coming back, I'm out there as the owner serving hot dogs and, um, you know, beer. All right, maybe not beer, but maybe beer, depending upon the age. But, you know, take <laughs> care of your employees, and you don't have to worry about that. If you're working with somebody overseas that you don't have that face-to-face, -face, I'm working with somebody right now on a new uh, piece of software we're coming out with. Um, I've got a team in South Africa and somebody from Pakistan working on it. You know what? Every morning I'm on Zoom very early. Um, you know, I'm a morning person and I take my mornings very serious. I have a morning routine. I don't like being disturbed. But you know what? I'm on here first thing in the morning with them. Well, it's nighttime there. Just checking in with them, building that relationship. And you know what? If you have that relationship, they're not going to disappear. Yeah, I found that too, actually, um, if you, you manage them. So, I mean, it could, that problem could come from two sides, right? If you're not managing them well, if you're not, like a lot of times with the virtual assistants, um, the virtual assistant, it's funny, because when I would make a connection between a VA and a business, the VA would contact me and say, you know, this person you hooked me up with isn't giving me any direction. I've emailed them 10 times. And then in the same day, the business will say, well, the VA isn't, you know, doing whatever. And I'm like, okay, I can see where the problem is, is communication. And maybe and, that is how we fix the silent messes. And also know their know know the region that you're dealing with. So, for instance, I have a team in the Philippines. Um, they take their holidays very serious. Okay, so if you don't understand that, if you don't know what holiday pay is, and you're hiring somebody from the Philippines, and you don't give them holiday pay, which is 13th month pay. So you know it's whatever you're paying them on a month, you pay them that during the holiday season in December. If you don't know that and you don't do that, guess what? Come January, they're gone. So you better know that and you better be checking in with those folks and taking care of them if you are and you get to know their family. Because again, in the Philippines, they're all about their family. Take care of them. I used to send stuff overseas. Did it cost me money? Yes, it does. But guess what? They're not going anywhere. Yeah, that's awesome. Anybody else have a silent mess they want to talk about? Because this seems to be a really big problem that nobody's hearing about. 
<laughs> well, I mean, I, I worked for corporate America, even when the millennials started joining into the, into, into our business. And the first time I had an employee just not show up one day, um, was the biggest shock because I thought maybe something happened to them. I was concerned. We drove over to their house to find out if they were okay because they didn't call and they, they didn't, they didn't even let us know they were quitting. They just didn't show up. So I think uh, that's something you learn from. And I think it's important to set up the right expectations for your employees. Obviously this could happen in any generation, but you think it's important to set up an expectation and let them know, how the process should work when it comes to if they don't want to work there anymore. I mean, as a business owner, you should understand that everyone is going to stay forever. And, and it's not necessarily an insult to you. Um, it, it is something maybe you can learn from and grow from, but you got to stay calm and set up the right expectations so that the next person you hire and maybe the new people that you have coming in won't leave you high and dry one day. Right. Company culture, I think, is huge. Um, I was recently at an event where they talked about this, in fact, um, where they are struggling to get employees, right? And it was actually a truck driving company. And they're like, we can't get people to come in. And it's because the, the truck drivers just have really crappy experiences with their employers because, you know, the communication really isn't there. They're out on the road. They don't get time to exercise. Their deadlines are ridiculous. They're driving in blizzards. And so they just won't stay. So that's, that's a big one too. I mean, imagine if your truck driver didn't show up and you had to have a big delivery out, it's kind of the same thing as, you know, we're launching our website next week and our developer disappears. Those are two really same, similar big messes. Nate, you look like you're chomping at the bit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, I've just seen this a lot, uh, especially because I am a millennial. And apparently we, us millennials, have a tendency to do that a little bit more um, in different jobs. And I definitely agree with uh, all the things that have been said, especially the developing the relationship uh, with your millennial. That's what, I, that's what I'm just going to share. How to keep us millennials around. That's, Good tips. That's what, I'll, Write this I'll, down. I'll no, really, though, uh, just make us feel connected. Uh, you know, if I can easily and comfortably send you a text message, because that's how we communicate these days is via, you know, text. And that's even the old school way. I'll give you guys the newer way. It's Instagram messaging, Snapchat, uh, Facebook is even a little outdated for some of the younger people. Um, yeah, I've got like younger clients that all they communicate is via Instagram and Snapchat. And, oh my word. That's right. got it. That just, I'm, I don't know, I'm floored. And I saw Mike smiling about that too, but. You know, it's I, interesting too that he brings up, I just have to say is that, you know, and I heard this recently on a podcast, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, who I love to death. Um, he says all the time, you millennials haven't been through, um, you know, an, a down economy right now. And that's it I call, because you know what? The reality is, is they were our children. Right. And so they grew up in a house that was in 2008, maybe over leveraged. Right. And what mom and dad bought a $700,000 home, maybe that they couldn't afford. And next thing you know, mom and dad are foreclosing on that house or being closed down. That, that kid never went through it. That's that kid went through it too. So, you know, it's just a different time right now. So we have to treat them with the same respect and stop talking down to them like that. 
and to what he just said, yes, you know, get to know them. That's all they want. They want to be heard and they want to be given the power to get out there and make a difference. You do that, they're going to stick around. Yeah, I feel like we could do a whole episode on millennials. I raised five of them. So I know like, (laughs) I know how to communicate with millennials. It's just, I mean, I'm old enough to be Nate's mom, which is probably why Nate and I get along so well. I know I'm old, Mike. Don't like give me the face. My messes are big because I'm old, but I know how to deal with them better. Uh, Roger, you want to pipe in here? Yeah, see these gray hairs? These are platinum hairs. (laughs) Every one of them. So um, I started in business when the cell phones, Nate, yeah, they weren't this little. The cell phones were like this big. Mike, you carried them over your shoulder. Like we all remember those. That, that's how they're, they're that size now. And it's back when I carried a, a, you know, a pager. And so I'm going to, two things. One is um, absolutely, I'm a huge uh, Vaynerchuk fan, Mike. Um, but uh, I, I, I tell you what. The millennials are the ones in 15, 20, 30 years when we're hopefully on where Trish is right now, the fake beach. Um, yes. Isn't it nice? They're, they're the ones that are going to be earning our or building our retirement, right? At least that's the way we should be thinking. If our entire demographic is the baby boomer and the X Gen, I'm an X Gen person here, I think all four, four of us are X Gen. Uh, we need to be thinking long-term, long game, right? And um, so that's one thing, think long game. Yeah, well, I mean, one day a millennial is going to be president, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you've got to treat them with respect. I I have friends, teenager friends, up to 70, 80-year-old friends. Um, The other thing is you touch the C word, and and I talk about five different C words. I'm not going to go into them all. One is culture. I think the culture is going to exist within your company, with your clients, with your contractors, the culture includes um, communication. It includes what Trish said, right? Setting the expectations. You, and, and in this day and age, that might be sending them a text. In the front end of the relationship of building it, in what you expect. But if you, if you never cover those expectations, and I know Vaynerchuk talks about this a lot, you know, you, you don't have expectations of people because you're not, you're not disappointed in them. So you free yourself because you don't have expectations, but you have to set some expectations when it comes to communication. And when these people disappear, um, you know, hopefully some of that could be curbed on the front end. Yeah, I agree with you. So when it comes to the silent messes, I think it comes back to putting a little noise into it before it becomes a silent mess. I think that's kind of the culmination of what kind of we all said. So figure out how to communicate and and be prepared. So thanks you guys for talking about these silent messes with us today. They can be really big messes. At this point in our show, we would like to share with you the messes that have been cleaned up by our expert panelists who have shared their advice with entrepreneurs who have visited the show. Since this is a new show, we don't have the stories to share with you yet, but we will very soon. At The Messy Backend, we do things a little bit differently. We don't just dish out advice and expect it to work. We will give advice to our entrepreneurs who call in or who submit their questions, and then you can come back in 30 days and tell us the results of the advice that was given. Did it work for you? Did it not work for you? What did you try that did work? What questions do you still have? We want to be able to give a full, well-rounded solution to your messy backend. So be sure and join us so that we can hear not only the messy backend, but how you cleaned it up. So be sure to join us, not just for the messy backend, but also the cleanup. Do you have big ideas for your business? 
but you need a little help with those logistics? Or maybe you've been so busy building your business that you haven't had the time to give your customers that much needed TLC? That's where Pam Langard at Ridgetop Virtual Solutions comes in. She can help with that. RidgetopVirtualSolutions.com From shopping online to determining if Amazon Prime is a good deal for your family, check out TrueMoneySaver.com and manage your money so you can get more even though you're spending less at TrueMoneySaver.com Welcome back to the messy back end. Uh, We're here today with Lori Cartman, who is the CEO of Lori Cartman & Company a multi-award winning management, consulting, and legal services firm, and Coach Lori, an executive coaching practice. Lori is a sought after speaker and prolific writer with over 30 years of real world business experience to share, uh, having owned over half a dozen successful businesses. That is so cool. Welcome, Lori. We're so glad that you have come to join us to talk about the messiness of being stuck, right? So a lot of people may think that that being stuck isn't a mess, but it really is because you can't reach your full potential if you're down in the quicksand. You can't reach your next level. You just kind of like feel like you're always reaching toward it. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe one of those you know, messy clients that you've helped out? Okay, well, thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. I got a great introduction from Nate, so thank you for that. So, um, as he mentioned, I've been working for over 30 years. I've had six very successful businesses, and and I now have um, a multi-award-winning management consulting and coaching practice, which keeps me busy. And so I have had the opportunity to meet with and work with a lot of clients, a lot of whom, or the majority of which are women entrepreneurs, because that's really who I feel I can contribute to the most. And it was very interesting. One of my coaching clients is a health writer. And she was doing it. She had a, you know, a, a government job. She really wasn't happy. Um, she got laid off. And she was like, well, what am I going to do now? And one of the things that she really liked was Reiki. And she had been going to school to become a Reiki master. So Reiki is a traditional, you know, Asian form of medicine and totally, completely separate from being a health writer. So what we did was um, we put together a plan for her that she could do freelance writing so that she could get some income while she was finishing her Reiki master training. And she said to me, well, I, I can't be a Reiki master as a living, do that as a job. And I said, why not? And she says, well, you know, it's something I do for fun and I enjoy it. And I said, that's exactly the reason why you should be doing it because you really should be making money at doing something that you enjoy and doing something at, you know, passion. Yeah. So we put together this awesome plan and transitioned her from health writer into Reiki master. Took about a year and um, she's now a Reiki master. She loves what she does. She's amazed that she's actually making a living doing something that, you know, that's sort of nondescript and that she's passionate about. And so she's been awesome. And I mean, I still keep in touch with her. And every time we do, she's thank you so much. I love doing this. I'm so grateful. So, uh, yeah, see, so she was stuck down in the messes of everything. I mean, I'm listening to this book, um, Get Control of Your Life by Mel Robbins. And that's one of the things that she talks about is in order to get control of your life, you have to do what you're passionate about 
so many people aren't doing what they're passionate about. And I know Nate, like I've known Nate, how long have I known you for maybe three, three, four years. And you've done different things over those three, four years. And I've, my business has grown and changed and tweaked. And, and I know when the reason I even first met Lori was because she's going to help me with licensing for yes, women's network. You have to do what you're passionate about, right? You can't just get stuck in the bog down of everything else. So how do you figure that out? How do you overcome the distractions of the daily job, the raising the kids, the everything else, and figure that out so that you can get unstuck, Lori? Sure. Like most working women, I have gone through that same thing myself. You know, my children are, are older now and they're on their own, but I had many years where I had my own businesses and I had young children. And what's interesting about distractions is that the first question you have to ask yourself is, why am I distracted? Because quite often, not so much what am I distracted from, but why am I distracted? Because quite often it's because either you don't like what you're doing for the most part, either you don't like what you're doing or you're procrastinating. You know what? I have to say, like, I I can't even believe that you blew my mind. I don't, have you ever asked yourself that, Nate? Like, why am I distracted? Yeah. That is a real clarity question. Okay. I guess I'm the only one. Okay. (laughs) My mess is showing. Because you're right. I always ask myself, what's distracting me? Not why. That's a, write this down, people. Why are you distracted? Okay, sorry I interrupted you, Lori, but that just like no, go ahead and blew me away. That was a fantastic question. And the no. reason for that is because most of the time we're distracted because we are procrastinating, because we don't want to get something done. And there's, there's sort of two kinds of procrastinators. There's the kind that say, well, I'll just finish this first. So I'll just make this call. I'll just check my email. I'll just check Facebook. And, and that's me. That's the kind of procrastinator that I am. The second kind is the type that honestly believe that they work better under pressure. And so they allow themselves to take the time for distractions because they keep saying, oh, well, I have so much time. I have so much time. When the truth and the reality is, is that people don't work best under pressure. When you leave things to the last minute, it's your adrenaline that pumps in and you're not thinking clearly, you're not putting out your best product. And then they tend to say, geez, if I had more time, I could have done it a little bit better. And I say, well, you had the time. You just didn't choose to put it in the right place. Nate actually called me out on this today because I sent him some emails and he said, you know, because he knows my OCD and because I was doing things at the last minute, I was making mistakes. And he's like, um, this isn't like you. And I was like, well, I was in a hurry, but you're right. It was, it wasn't necessarily procrastination, but it was putting something off that I should have done. Right. So yeah, that is spot on, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we procrastinate most of the time because we're feeling overwhelmed by what the task is. And so we procrastinate because we really don't know where to start. And so what I tell people is to make a list of the things or your projects that you need to do and to break down every single project into the most minute tasks and make a list. So let's say you need to write an article. So one, you would need to, you know, Google the topic on the internet. So that's one task. The second one is, you know, save the articles of interest to a folder. These are all things that are doable that people don't think of as being part of a task. And if you make that task list and you start ticking off these small little things, two amazing things happen. 
if you take care of the small stuff, meaning each small thing, the big thing takes care of itself. That is and, so true. And especially if you're a list maker like me, I love ticking stuff off. Yes. I will write something down just, just to, to tick it off. off. Me too. Me too. I do the same thing. Who doesn't I, love doing that? Come on. Sorry, Nate. I said, who doesn't love doing that? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. I'm a list maker. I have lists of lists, you know, I have lists, my personal list, my business list. I have all these different lists, right? But, but it's a great thing for me because as you tick the things off, you become more self-confident because you're feeling like you're accomplishing things. And that gives you the impetus and the motivation to actually accomplish more. So at the end of the day, people who say, well, you know, list making, I don't need to make a list. The fact is, is that when you do make a list, you actually can feel your productivity and you get confidence and it helps build your self-esteem. Yeah, for sure. That actually leads us right into the next question, which you may have already answered um, that one of our, uh, that someone submitted was, you know, where do I focus my time and energy? Is it obviously not writing down the things you've already done and checking them off, but it's taking the big picture and breaking it up and maybe then prioritizing or something. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, um, one of the reasons that people don't focus their time and energy, um, and this is really true for people who have home-based businesses, is that we do not protect our business time. We don't separate revenue-producing hours from personal time. And I've been working at home for many, many years and I have rules for myself. So my working hours are from eight to four. And during that time, I am in my office. I'm working. I'm not doing laundry. I'm not taking the pet to the vet. I'm not cleaning the dishes. I'm not cooking. Because if I were in an external office, I wouldn't be able to do that right? Those are my revenue producing hours. And so those are the hours that I really, that I've set for myself that I have to be at work. So that's really, you know, really a great way to start to figure out how to focus your time and energy is during revenue producing time, focus only on business and revenue generating um, tasks. And then once you've decided that your workday is over, then you can start with your, whatever your personal tasks are, your chores and all of those things, being a mom and all that stuff. I think that is so key because when you do work at home, it beca that becomes really difficult. So my office right now is actually in my living room and okay. the dog kennel is right behind me. The washing machine is right over there. The dishes are in my peripheral vision. You know, yeah. vision. And so I do, I tell my kids, I'm like, okay, my blinders are on. Right now, just pretend like I don't even exist. I'm not in the room, no TV. You've got to just leave me alone. And I think when you have kids at home, it's harder for sure. Yes. So when you have kids at home, maybe it's only from, you know, six in the morning till 6.30. Then you go get up the kids and you do that. And then once you get everything kind of situated, then, you know, the baby's napping from 11 to 11.30. So you may have less time. But if during that time you only focus on whatever that priority is, and you know, this has like been a big key for me. Um, the reason I made um, the money I made last year was because the very first thing I did is the first two hours of the day were strictly money-making tasks as opposed to working um, in my business, mm -hmm. you know, like doing the little stuff that you have to do every day. It was 100% focused on what can I do to make money today? Yep. It's a very smart way to go about it. 
you know, and, and is to figure out, you know, you, you know, they say to women entrepreneurs and they say, well, you know, you can't have everything. You can't have a job. You can't have a business. You can't be a mother. You can't do them all. And the truth of the matter is that's wrong. You can do them all, just not in the same proportions at the same time. Right. right? So when your kids are younger and you have little kids at home, right, and you're dealing with nap time or nursery where they only go to school half day, then you really have to be more protective of your business hours. As your business sorts, you know, starts to expand, you can sometimes, you, you know, you hire help who comes in to manage the business, but your kids are also getting older, they're in school full time, and then they grow up and they leave you, in which case all your time is, you know, is, is free for business. So it's really about protecting the revenue producing hours. Yeah, for sure. Nate, how do you do that? Because it seems to me, I'm, I'm not on social very often. I tend to, to stay off of social because I don't get anything done if I'm on social. But it seems yeah. like when I do go on, like, I'm like, how do you get anything done? You're like always out there. Like I always just see you everywhere. But I guess there's ways to do that. No, there are ways to do that. And that's the thing. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because Lori, I was thinking for a second when you're like, I work only eight to four as a millennial. That was always, I, I wanted to throw up. I was just like, oh, you're not, you don't have a freedom. You, you don't have your own job. You're just not working in an office. You're, or you don't have to commute, but you're still working right. in an office. Absolutely. So to me, that sounded gross. And to, to different people, it's, it's about doing what you love and doing your passion. And like you said, a lot of your clients and a lot of my clients too are women and mothers. So I definitely have an understanding of that. And the fact that I do work from home, um, you know, you said it's like if you have young kids, you can still make those office hours during their nap time or when they're at preschool or on a play date or whatever. And so you can have shorter nap times. And that's what I do. That's how my mind works. And that's how I work with everything that I've been dealt and handed to. That's just how I do it better. So I'll, I'll get up and, and I'll do, you know, a project for an hour or two. And during that time, I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not checking text messages and emails. I'm literally like right now, my phone and my computer and my iPad are all on do not disturb mode right now right. because I'm focusing on this. And that's right. the same thing when I'm doing photo editing or when I'm doing videos, uh, even things that I could handle distractions on, I'm, I'm not going to because those are working times for me, even though it might not be the same time every day. Right. When I get in that working mode and I say, and wherever it could be, it could be on the couch, it could be in my office, it could be on the beach, but it doesn't matter when I go, when I'm working, I'm working. And right. that's when you need to turn off those distractions, turn those things away. And like Sheila says, you can still have an appearance on social media and, and market yourself and do those things, but just schedule out the time or know when you're going to do it. So for right. me, sometimes, a lot of times, like I have a lot of doctor's appointments so a lot of times I go, I know I'm going to be sitting in a doctor's waiting room for five, 10, 15, an hour, three hours, you know, whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah, I know. And so I go, I plan and say, let me do social media and posting and that kind of stuff on my phone, things that I can do on my phone mm -hmm. in the waiting room during that time. But right. yeah, it goes back to like what you said about managing the time and making sure you're not spent wasting, you know, through just scrolling. 
Right. Now, not everybody puts in, you know, a day like I do an eight to four day, you know, exactly. The millennials, my kids are millennials, you know, they work through the night, they work at different times. But what you're saying, the real core is, is that when you're working on your work, you're not doing anything else. You're working on your work. So whatever schedule you set for yourself and the, you know, people think that it's a really good idea to multitask. And I totally do not believe in multitasking because you don't get anything done properly. You need to concentrate on one thing, finish it, and then move on to the next. Because if you're doing too many things at one time, (laughs) nothing is getting 100% of your focus. And so you're doing a bunch of things. You're just not doing anything well. And that's something that you really hit on is that, you know, when you're in a doctor's office, that could be prime working hours for you. Right. right. During that time, you're actually making it revenue producing, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, right. for sure. Well, Lori, thank you so much for joining us because, you know, these kind of things are just huge and key for us to be able to um, progress, to get unstuck. You've got to get super laser focused, right? So yeah. thank you so much for joining us, Lori. And uh, we look forward to having you on the panel later, too. Oh, I look forward to it. I'm very happy to be working with you. Great. Thanks so much, Lori. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or by visiting themessybackend.com so you never miss an episode. We love hearing about your messy backends so that we can help you clean them up and be more successful. Let us know how we can help at themessybackend.com. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. A big thank you to my co-host, Nate Tucker, who helps bring out your inner beauty and vision through coaching, photography, and video at laughingwithnate.com. Stanley Bostwick, who helped us, well, let's face it, he actually did our audio and video editing. And believe me, that was a big, messy back end. Cassandra Bostwick, my beautiful daughter, who is a much better writer than I, who helped with the show notes and editing. Remember, if it tires you out, hire it out. Put your business on autopilot so you can actually live your life. Visit lockandloadmarketing.com for more than just marketing. We clean up and help with the messy back end, but we also make the front end look beautiful. Woo, well, that's all we have for today's episode of the, 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 the messy back end. Join us again next week as our experts share more customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on in the back end of entrepreneurship. Remember, you are not alone. Every business has a messy back end that needs a little attention.